Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. Welcome back to I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my teammates. Brandon Flowers joined us. NFL cornerback was a Pro Bowl corner for the Kansas City Chiefs and also played for then the San Diego Chargers. LaShawn Shady McCoy and Antoine Walker. Shout out to the Heat Radio Network for that audio clip and Jason Tatum talking about the game after game, talking about after game one losing to the Miami Heat. So we were about to discuss the Eastern Conference Finals where Jimmy Butler, a.k.a. Jimmy Buckets, dropped a 41-piece extra crispy with biscuits on the side, eight rebounds, uh, <laughs> and had a 118 win to 107 victory. Now, as I look at this game as a whole, right, the Miami Heat won, and it took Jimmy Butler 41 points to win this game. And if you saw him after the game, he just looked drained. You know what it kind of reminded me of is when the Miami Heat played the L.A. Lakers in the finals, right? And in that series, it took Jimmy – and the two wins that the Miami Heat had in that series, he had to drop 40-plus and then I think another 35-plus game. So if I'm the Boston Celtics, I'm not happy about winning this game, but I'm having a little confidence going into the game too because is Jimmy Butler going to be able to do this three more times? Because versus the L.A. Lakers, he wasn't able to do that. He also got help from Gabe Vincent, who dropped 17 points, and I believe he averages only about eight points a game. So to me, if I'm the Boston Celtics, we were out two of our starters, right? The defensive player of the year, and Marcus Smart wasn't there, right? And Peyton Pritchard came in to start. He was susceptible on defense. The Miami Heat attacked him every time he was on defense. He did drop 18 points on offense, but on defense where the Boston Celtics really strive, right? They're the number one defensive team in the NBA. I just feel like if you're the Boston Celtics, you have to have confidence going into to the game two and the rest of the series because you have to feel that there, there's no way that Jimmy Butler can – can drop 40 points three more times. And I would ask Antoine Walker, if, if you're the Boston Celtics, do you feel confidence knowing that you don't have two of your five starters playing in that game? Essentially, you lost the game by 11. There was a 22-2 to two run, I believe, in the third quarter by the Miami Heat. But you kept fighting in that fourth quarter, and you had a chance there at the end. But Jimmy Butler put the game away. Do you feel confident if you're the Boston Celtics for the rest of the series? Of course you feel confident. They're, they're a team that – what they did against the Milwaukee Bucks winning game six and seven, that's the confidence right there. So they they feel very confident about being in the series. And then you just alluded to it with the two guys being out, with obviously Marcus Smart and now Horford being out. Marcus Smart is the defensive player of the year. This is a guy that's going to take on that assignment of guarding Jimmy Butler, and he wasn't there. Al Horford, we know, gives them a, a, a stretch five that can shoot the three that spaces the floor, who also had a, a really good series against the Milwaukee Bucks. So missing those two guys definitely hurts. So I think they're a very confident group. Maybe the emotions um, from beating the Milwaukee Bucks uh, was still involved last night. But you got to give Jimmy Butler credit. And I hear you talking about, can he do this for three more games? Man, I'm a believer. Jimmy Butler's been doing this for the last five years if you really want to take it back that far. He plays better in the playoffs than he does during the regular season. He mm -hmm. shows up playoff time. I wasn't a big believer. When we talk about the best two guards in the league, Jimmy Butler's name never comes up right away. Mm -hmm. But we got to start giving this guy his flowers, his just due. He shows up when it counts. And 
I can't say he won he's not going to show up this series because every time we doubt him, he comes to play. Now, one thing I am worried about with Miami, and we ain't talked about it, when you talk about guys that we – I'm worried about is Cal Lowry healthy enough mm. to come back and play because they gave him big money in the summer for this moment, mm. for his leadership, for his playmaking ability. He was brought in to help Jimmy Butler on the offensive end and not having them, now I'm worried about that. Can the Gabe Vincents of the world keep it up? Is Tyler Hero going to continue to play like – the sixth man of the year, you know, it's Victor Oladipo all the way back. So I worry about those guys more so than Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler is going to be there night in now, kind of like Giannis. I think, you know, yeah. what we saw Giannis do, Giannis is going to show up. Is those other guys going to show up? Well, be- before I bring in LaShawn Shady McCoy and Brandon Flowers on this topic, there's a follow-up I have for you, Antoine Walker. Um, Kyle Lowry, right, they, they seem like they've played better uh, when he hasn't been there, and I know he was injured, so he was playing through some injuries. And, and then, too, Jimmy Butler. Are we getting to the point where we maybe treat him like Ka- Kawhi Leonard, right, where Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs turns into this cyborg and literally takes over playoff games? And he just, you know, there was talks of, you know, Kawhi Leonard after the Raptors won the championship when he moved to Toronto that he was potentially maybe the best player in the league. Well, we ever get into talks about Jimmy Butler maybe being, you know, a, a top five, top 10 player. Cause like you said, a lot of people didn't consider him, you know, even a, a top, you know, five, uh, two guard in the league. But I would say with what he's done in the playoffs, right. And he just, he finds it somehow in the playoffs and he takes it to another level, kind of like Kawhi Leonard does. Do you think we get to a point where we maybe put Jimmy Butler in the superstar, you know, category? Oh, he's definitely in the superstar category because he gets it done when it count. And I'll be the first to admit when I think about the, we was when they was making all NBA teams, he was not on my list because he missed quite a few games during the season. Um, you know, he he only averaged twenty points. I know they was the number one seed um, in the Eastern Conference, but nothing spectacular jumped out at me. And I had to do my research. I had to start thinking and start thinking about how many big games this guy has had in the playoffs. And he says his 40-point performances for the playoffs. You know, he's the guy that steps up when it, ha- when it happens. So, like I said, I'm willing to give him all his flowers. I believe he's he's turned that corner. It's time for that, that conversation to start where we start putting him as one of the elite two guards. Look at what he did on the defensive end last night, jump-starting that run you talked about. Mm. I mean, those two steals back-to-back, the defense he played um, – the way he did the block shot he got, just all the things he does on the defensive end as well. So um, Jimmy Butler is one of those elite elite two guards, and we got to start treating him that way and speaking on him in the same facet. Because for these playoffs right now, if we had to pick a list of who's been the best player throughout the playoffs, I got Jimmy three. I put him in that category. Antoine Walker, who your first two? Luka. Okay. And Jason Tatum and then Jimmy Butler. So you and obviously have, with Giannis, paid him a, a, above Jimmy uh, Butler right now. No, I have. I got Luca. I mm-hmm. got Jason Tatum, and Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I got him. Yeah, what Jason? What Jason Tatum did in Game Six in Milwaukee, forty six, uh, with his team in elimination situation. Yeah. I got to give. I got to get Jason. That 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 was huge. Yeah, he played well in the first half. Uh, struggled from the three point. Uh, lot three point range yesterday. I believe it was two of nine. 
in the game. And in the second half, Jalen Brown started getting going, but, you know, Jason Tatum struggled. So it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back. So I want to bring in our other two teammates, but this is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my teammates, Antoine Walker, Brandon Flowers, and LaShawn Shady McCoy. And Brandon Flowers, I'd like to bring you in. I, I said after watching, you know, that, that game one versus the Miami Heat, um, and the Boston Celtics that if I'm the Boston Celtics, I feel confident. And right. And Antoine agreed because, you know, they had two of their five starters out of the game. We don't know when they'll return or if they'll return for the series. Um, but for them not to have those two starters and, you know, Jason Tatum not to play that well in the second half, I, I like, again, I, I'm banking on Jimmy not having three more games like that. Now he possibly could do it. Again, it reminded me of when they played the late the Miami Heat played the Lakers in the bubble, and he only had two of those performances, and it literally almost took him out. We saw him after the game bent over, just trying to catch catch breath. Um, do you believe that the, you know the Celtics are confident, and how do you ultimately see in this this series plays out between the Miami Heat and the, the Boston Celtics? So the Celtics got to feel very confident, right? Those two starters they missing, they are part of the big identity of that team. Correct. You know, right? They, they, those two players are what makes the Celtics tough, right? They, they play with a lot of passion. Yeah, they get their team energized because they play defense, and it turns to easy buckets on mm-hmm. offense, right? Get them out in transition. It just helps them play how the Celtics play. Yeah. The Celtics know, like you said, Jimmy Butler is not scoring forty points two more times this series. I don't see it. I know Twan said he believes. I don't see it. You know why the Celtics feel confident? Because they played Kevin Durant, one of the best pure scorers in the playoffs. They played Giannis, arguably the best player in the NBA right now. So they know what it takes to take out a score, right? They know how to make the series long. And even if you have one good game, don't get too down on yourself because they face the two top scorers in the league and they see how they can eliminate them throughout the playoffs. I just think, and they got a good coach, you know? They're going to find a way to tire Jimmy out even more. You go see him getting up and down the court, going in transition more and more because if Jimmy doesn't get it done for this Miami team, then Tyler Hero has to step up. Yeah, You know, they, they're going to make him – yes, he got steals, but he was the off defender. He was coming and helping yeah. out, getting his steals. But, like, no, Jimmy, whoever you guard, and I understand you're a good defensive player, but we still go go at you so you can't score on this offensive Tire end. him out. Yeah, you got to tire him out because yeah. once you tire him out, you got to show me who on the Heat team is going to step up and give you – bucket after bucket like Jimmy do. And the Celtics going to have to get a lead because Jimmy, even if he only scoring 16 points a game, still in that clutch, he can make that big shot to win it for him. And I think the Celtics know that. So I think they know they have to get up. But yeah, they feel very confident because they know they missing two starters and they played two of the top pure scores in the game yeah. and they still won that series. So they definitely feel good about themselves right now. Yeah. Before I bring LaShawn Shady McCoy and McCoy, and you actually said something very interesting as far as what Boston has had to face on the road to the Eastern conference finals, right? They had to take on probably the best scorer in the NBA and Kevin Durant and probably, and the best player in Giannis Antetokounmpo. So it'll be interesting. And, and I'll throw this to Shady and then Twan, cause I want to hear his perspective on this. Will they double team Jimmy Butler going forward? Because that's essentially what they did to Kevin Durant and took him out of the game. They made him be a passer. And Jimmy Butler's a really good passer. But if I'm the Boston Celtics, Jimmy Butler's not beating me, right? Tyler Hero's going to have to do it. Um, Gabe Vincent is going to have to do it. Max Struess is going to have to do it. Like, Jimmy Butler is not beating me. And I think that's the adjustment they will make. Shady, I wanted to bring you in here, man. Uh, How do you see this, this series playing out? 
for the rest of the series, uh, the Miami think, Heat versus Boston? I think you guys need to give uh, Miami some more respect. I mean, <laughs> this is the number one seed, right? I yeah, think the, the way the number one seed, the, the way they play, um, they they play defense, right? They play hard. They're the best. When I look at basketball, they're the best team, right? When I say team, because like a guy like Jimmy, who they don't give his respect to, right? He plays hard. He's not like, uh, you know, Tatum. He's not like him, right? He's not just shooting a whole bunch of three three balls. No, he's going there in the trenches, right? He's getting and ones, putbacks, driving to the basket, dunks, steals. That's the way they play. They don't have like a lot of superstars. Like we, even like um, Kyle Larry, if he does come back, he's the type of guy like like smart where he he takes charges. He gives the the, the, the leadership, like that's how they play, you know. Hero, you know, he come off the bench as the sixth man of the year. He shoots the three ball well, but collectively, I, I haven't seen a team um, play hard like Miami. Even when I when he was with the Sixers, um, Jimmy Butler, we were so mad, the city, myself, because we know what type of attitude he brings. So that team might just be a, a, a okay team, but when you put him on there, everybody's attitude is is tougher, is meaner, right? So now, although I do think that. Boston should win the series because they have better talent. I think player for player, matchup for matchup, they should win, right? Um, you know, two top-tier guards, right? Um, you know, solid defense, um, you know, some good veterans, you know. They should win overall, right? But when you look at just the team part, like, I think Jimmy could average 25 and more a game, right? But they get points off of steals, off of, off, off of hustle points, like, all the stuff that y'all not accounting for that that's just blowing my mind because that's how they win. They're they're coached very well, and they play tough. Where a team like Boston, they more athletic, more talented. They shoot a lot of threes, a lot of one on one basketball. Like Miami, they don't play that. So I think Boston should win just on a talent level, right? They had two two starters out out of the five. They get them two back. It, it should be a different story. But I just don't want to count Miami out like the way y'all talk. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Well, I'm not, I'm not counting my well, that, Antoine, Antoine, I'm gonna give you give you the the last word, Antoine. Because well, Jimmy's like that. Let's get that straight and, and, and refer to him as Jimmy Buckets, please. Thank you. <laughs> go, go ahead, Antoine. I, I know you had something to say. Well, I I, I just want to add this. I think do I think believe that Jimmy's going to get you forty, you know, every night? No, that's not his makeup. That's not how he plays. But one thing you got to understand about. Uh, Jimmy Butler's that he can make a play that can change the series well defensively as well as offensively. If Jimmy Butler gets any type of help consistently on the offensive end, whether Kyle Lowry comes back, whether it's Tyler Hero or Victor Oladipo, they got a legitimate shot to win this series. Now I picked the Celtics in six. So did but I. But after watching last night, <laughs> after watching last night, I believe they got a they got a puncher's chance to win this series. And they also got home court. So if this game gets get to a game seven, you never know. Um, and the Celtics, this is the first time the Celtics have started off in the playoffs um, on the road. So they lost the first game against Milwaukee, so I'm not going to put a big thing up. You know, I'm not going to worry about that. And they play without two of their stars. But this this could possibly be a seven-game series. That's what I learned from last night. And I know Jimmy Butler has the capabilities to do some things late in the game. And you got to remember two years ago, I know the personnel is a little different, but a lot of the same guys on the team, Miami beat uh, Boston in the playoffs yep, in the bubble. In the bubble. So let's not forget about that as well.
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this series plays out. If if Marcus Smart can come back from the foot injury and Al Hofford, you know, clears the the safety protocol and is able to come back, I think it's going to swing in Boston's favor. But to your point, Antoine Walker, um, Miami could take this seven. I still I'm still riding with Boston because I picked them Boston the Sixers before I knew Marcus Smart and Al Hofford were going to be out. But I'm still riding with Boston. You never know who'll step inside the green room with Danny Green. One of the premier bus drivers of the 90s, one Mr. Charles Barkley. Listen, Kevin Durant's a terrific player, but he had a chance to be the bus driver, and he's never won a championship when he wasn't one of the other guys. And I was just trying to make the point, hey, you don't get to make excuses when you don't win. That's just the way it is. Listen, subscribe, and review Inside the Green Room with Danny Green on Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. Now, our two-minute drill for you guys that don't know is our producer, Evan, comes on. He gives us a few sports topics, some we know, some we don't, and we have two minutes to discuss it. Just like in football, there's a two-minute drill but at the first half and at the end of the half. So, Evan, what is our first topic? Well, I got to make a, one little correction. Most of these are sports topics. Some of yeah. them are not, and okay. the ones that are not are great. You're going to love this one today. All right, well, we're going to start off with sports. Let's start with Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow got some huge help with offensive line this offseason with the Bengals signing former Dallas Cowboys star Leo Collins. Leo Collins was one of the most sought-after linemen in free agency. So how did Joe convince Leo to come to Cincinnati? According to Joe, it all came down to the food that he served during a recruiting trip to the quarterback's home during the offseason. Here is Joe Burrow explaining. Take a listen. Elsie mentioned that uh, during his trip in, he had, you had him over to the house and cupcakes and crackers were serving. There was some speculation on what exactly, what exactly did that entail? You know, we just had some snacks. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of crackers were they? I guess I don't remember. You know, that was a while ago, but we definitely made sure that they had some snacks to eat. What was that like for you having, though? I mean, that being a part of that and the... And recruitment is the right word, but having them over, and what, what did that mean for you to be able to be a part of that? Yeah, that's something that you know I want to do every year, make sure that the guys that we're looking to bring in feel at home in Cincinnati and with the team, because that's the culture that we're building in the locker room. We, you know, we're really, really close as a team, coaching staff, players, strength staff, trainers, and so I just want to kind of portray that to the guys that are thinking about coming here and that we want to sign. All right, so my question for you guys is, um, what is the most interesting or creative way that a quarterback or a coach or a team leader has recruited talent to come to their team? You got two minutes on the clock. Let's hear it. I'm sure do you, Brandon Flowers? What's what's the what's the craziest recruiting tactic you've seen? I like what uh, they did over there in Oakland with uh, Carr and Devontae Adams. Where Devontae was like, "Hey, oh, he cars, told me if yeah. I come over here, I get any whip I want." So yeah. he said he liked that Ferrari. So that's what. 300, 400 bands that got to come out, you know, Easy. so <laughs> I, I'll go with that any day of the week. Got me a nice little phone that I get for free. Oh, 100%. What, what about you, Antoine Walker? What's, what's, what's the craziest tactic you've seen in recruiting? I really ain't had a crazy tactic, but I could tell you a little small story. When I was uh, going to the Heat, and I remember uh, they didn't have the salary cap space, and I remember Pat Riley calling me and saying, yo, I need you to call Shaq and tell Shaq to take a pay cut. I was like, what? <laughs> what? He was like, I need you to... I was like, I need you to tell Shaq to take a pay cut. So the pay cut was that Shaq was in the old um, collective bargaining agreement where he was he had his bird rights. He can get $30 million a year. This is before guys were getting $30 million a year. Mm. 
Mm. And it could have been a three-year, $90 million deal. And I called Shaq. was like, man, I want to come play with you, big fella. But I can't tell you. I got, you got to take a little less money in order for me to work, you know, for, for it to work out. And Shaq did it. Shaq took five years, $100 million, instead of taking three years, $90 million. Wow. That's my only crazy. That was that was my little crazy recruit story. I probably wouldn't have did it, but that's what he did for, for <laughs> me to be able Shaq to join the team. Yeah, for sure. Yes, sir. I, yes, sir. I've I seen a crazy one. This is in college football um, not too long ago. You know, it's, it's different now with these NIL deals and everything. So there was a player, a receiver from UCF transferred to Ole Miss, uh, Jalen Robinson. Lane Kiffin picked him up in the Phantom. Oh, phantom, yeah, bro. Like, I've just seen that. Like, bro, <laughs> the Phantom, bro. I'm coming yeah, here. Yeah. My head coach, my head coach, gonna pick me up personally. In the, they ain't nothing else to talk about. This is where I'm signing. <laughs> at Ole Miss, at country, <laughs> booty, bro. Right. I, there's nothing else to talk about. I'm, I'm signing. Here. Shady, what's what's the craziest recruiting tactic you've seen? You, you know what? I think um, see, y'all gave like perspective on like maybe being bought, right? But I'm going a different direction. Okay. When when Kevin Durant came to the Warriors, bro, like, you know, first of all, Draymond called him after they lost in, in, in the Western Finals. I think, no, the championship. When they lost the championship. He yeah. called him up like, bro, we need you. So imagine KD watching the game, right, seeing him lose, and then you get a phone call with an hour and a half. It's Draymond. Like, Draymond, he in the parking lot, listen, yo, we need you. This this 73 and something team win, 70-something team, a uh, 70 win team, we need you. Please come here. He said the next week, Steph came, Curry came, Draymond came, Clay came. That's how you recruit. Yeah. Your main starters, that. Yeah. franchise guys, you go I get it. That. That's how you go get somebody. You know what I'm saying? So that's probably my, my biggest one, I would say. That was dope. Yeah, that was dope. Evan, what's our next topic? First of all, I'd rather take the Ferrari. I don't know about that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next story. Uh, Black China. You guys remember Black China? She's the mother of Rob Kardashian's kid. She just recently tried to sue the Kardashians for like $100 million. Well, now uh, Black China has agreed to participate in a celebrity boxing match against a fitness model named Alicia Megan in uh, Pembroke Pines, Florida on June 11th. She says that she's fighting to raise the money for the Pasadena Humane Society. Now, Black China, she thinks she's a tough lady, but the woman that she's fighting is a military veteran. So the question I have for you guys is, is this a bad idea or a horrible idea? Go to me. Wait, can, can you bet on the fight? Can you bet on it? I think you can. You betting Shady on the fight? Yeah, I'm betting against Black China. Against her? Oh my god! Yeah, he said he said that lady's a, a, a old vet. She's a vet, right? Yeah, military veteran. Oh, oh yeah. man, listen, man. yes, yes. <laughs> I see. I, have you guys seen the video of them like, like uh, squaring off? If you haven't, you gotta check it out, man. Uh, she, yeah, the, the the girl that she's fighting, man, she look like she's small. She like she like, I would say China looks way smaller. I, I know China. She's actually small, watching man. the video right now in, in the studio. Oh, girl, look like she'd be in the weight room, so China might be in trouble. Yeah, they better, China, the, rep, the rep better come in man. quick because it could get ugly. Did China see her and meet her in person before <laughs> she set up this fight, man, basically for free? Money talks, <laughs> but it said it's going to charity. So, oh, so she getting whipped for free? Yeah, she getting whipped for free. That's why it's weird. And, nah, but you don't know how much the percentage is going to charity. They always say that. Yeah, they, be she, a she gotta get paid some. Yeah. 
Yeah. She gonna have to. I mean, throw the damn towel. I might pull up to it. It's down here in Pembroke. I, I might pull up to it. <laughs> <laughs> what you think, Swan? Do you think uh, Black China has a man, chance? Man, listen, man, man. She don't got no chance. I hope she get her ass whipped. <laughs> I'm tired of the money hunk. I'm tired of the money hungry right. girls. I want, I want the money hungry. I want the money hungry girls to get ass. I want them to get their ass whooped. So I hope that vet beat her ass. I'm looking forward to it. I might watch that. I think we all might just for the entertainment value, man. I know there's a lot of celebrity <laughs> boxing things going on. But yeah, old girl look like she's serious. Now that could be a front. But yeah, I like kind of like she's about to try, try to have a good time. But old girl like she want to rip her head off in this video that we're watching right now. Evan, what's our next topic? All right, another one from Pop Culture Land. Nick Cannon says he's finally considering getting a vasectomy after his eighth kid. Oh. Uh, Nick, Nick <coughs> oh, wow. told E! News Daily Pop that he went and got a vasectomy consultation. He said, quote, I ain't looking to populate the earth completely, but I'm definitely looking forward to taking care and loving all the children that I currently have. If you're keeping score at home, he's got a set of twins with Mariah Carey. He's got a set of twins with another woman. He's got two kids with a woman after that. And, you know, of course, he's he's currently um, expecting a child with Brie Tiesi, who is not only a model on Wild and Out, but also happens to be the ex-wife of Johnny Manziel. So the question I have for you guys is, how many kids is too many kids? And he already there. <laughs> he already there. Wow. I can see why he's considering this. I know uh, on I Am Athlete, Miami, Chad Johnson kind of talked about this, uh, uh, getting a vasectomy. And it seems like it's becoming more and more common for, for men to potentially get this done. I got one. Um, but yeah, Nick Cannon really should consider this. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, uh, LaShawn Shady McCoy. What, what you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm fixed. Yeah, I'm fixed. Oh, so I don't play them done. Right. Yeah, y'all. What are the details of this? Like, this? What's the recovery time? Uh, like, like the, you know what I'm saying? What's the rehab like? Uh, well, first of all, the reason why, like, like Twan said, man, the, the money hungries, they out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even the ones you love, y'all got a great place, chick. Y'all been dating for all these months and years. Dumb too. So, so I got mine done. All time, so. I got mine done, what, two, a year? No, two years ago. Um, It's a little weird because they like, um, they, they snipping it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just awkward. But hey, the recovery time is nothing, about like a week. Oh, really? that. Yeah, I was training after that. Oh, okay. For the, for the record, guys. Oh, okay, for the record, okay. For the record, Chad Johnson said that after he got his vasectomy, he had sex six hours later to test him He's out. lying. You cannot do that. You know, <laughs> you, know, you know why you can't? You can't do that because they said that um, um, all the sperm, right, is it, not out, right? So they tell you to, um, for two weeks straight, ejaculate, you know what I mean, to, to, to get all the sperm. That's 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 still in the tube, you know what I'm saying? So that's a lie. So so Chad, I, that was, I felt I felt I felt like that was too much information, but I know that's just <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, no. I, I just want to break it down for all my listeners out there. <laughs> Damn, Shady, I felt like that was too much information. Tw Twan, nah, listen, I, I got a 96.7% being right. I don't want to mess it up. That's why I gave you a beat there. <laughs> you know, keep it 100. Okay, okay. Nah, I like it. I like it. I like it. Like I was over here like, for real? Yeah, you got to really do all that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, ooh, I'm cringing like, God. All right. Ooh. All right, moving. Yeah, okay. I, like I like it. We're hitting the hard out. So we got, here's another one. You ready for this right. one? Charles Barkley has declared war on the city of San Francisco. During a recent episode of Inside the NBA, 
the greatest show on TV, in my opinion. Charles Barkley complained about having to go to the Bay Area to cover the Golden State versus Dallas series. Here is what he said. Take a listen. Run the hell. I mean, San Francisco. We will be like in San Francisco. I hate San Francisco. I hate San Francisco. Why? I just don't like it. I, I got to like the city because y'all like it. No, I'm just asking why. I just, I've, I've, I've never had fun country there. and it's not backwards. Uh, we're going to go to Alcatraz, Chuck. Uh, Alcatraz. Yeah, let's go to Alcatraz. Are we going to visit your family? Going to family reunion? Oh, that's a good one. That's oh, a good one. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, Charles. Yeah, baby. Oh, man. Yeah, Charles. Charles. All right. Speak so how you feel. We got two minutes on the clock. We got a hard out, dude. So you got to keep it on. Uh, what's the what's the worst <laughs> you guys visit as professional athletes? What's the city you hated visiting? I would say first and foremost, Charles isn't wrong. Wrong. I played in San Francisco my last year, and I love you know the empire and the fans out there. But I thought San Francisco was going to be totally different than what it was. Now the seafood is amazing out there, uh, but other than that, the city I just didn't vibe with it at all. I'm, Worst cities, I would say Green Bay was probably the worst city to, to, to visit and play in. What about you, Brad and Flowers? I say Green Bay and I also say Detroit. Because you know when you go play at, yeah. when you go play at other cities, you want to go out to dinner, you want to yeah, go exactly. out and see what the city about. But yeah, Green Bay, Detroit, that, those are two terrible cities to go to. Well, you got Antoine, <laughs> worst cities. Man, listen, man, the worst cities that I'm a, I'm a, you can't even get a girl to come visit you. And they said, I can't even import a girl. Utah and Portland. I couldn't get nobody. I couldn't even get a girl to come see me in Utah or Portland. So you on your own. You just got to hope the schedule come out. It's back to back, and you getting up out of it right after the game. Man, Utah and Portland. Salt Lake. Nobody wanted to come. No man, I couldn't import nothing. I tried. You know, you, you know, you're gonna try from the cities that's around that area. Yeah. Or you know, try to get like somebody from California to come up there. Yeah. Two hour flight. Maybe, maybe Phoenix, Denver. You try yeah. to work that little area. Didn't man, I struck Daddy out every time. Didn't happen. What, what's, what's nah, this is quick. I, 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 Green, Green Bay, trash, yeah, terrible. <laughs> I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete Tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete Tonight weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Sirius XM channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA tonight trial to start your free trial today. Sirius XM podcasts.